0: listening to the BoardHumans.com podcast. Episode 13. It's not what you say, it's what you don't say. I'm your host, Nina Howell. It's not what you say, it's what you don't say. I was recently in the audience of an Ask the Audience-style talk, where the speaker asked the audience questions about a sensitive topic. The topic was race and the questions revolved around whether or not the audience felt comfortable speaking up if they saw someone doing or saying something racist. Now, this was a tough question, particularly as the audience had just spent an hour listening to a number of personal stories about race relations in London. On the whole, the stories were heartbreaking and eye-opening but it also highlighted just how challenging it can be to have meaningful conversation about race relations in today's society. Often, when watching these talk shows, I feel as if the conversation is framed in a way that favors one side or the other. The stories that are shared are often highly sanitized and, as a result, fail to capture the nuances of what it means to be a person of color in a predominantly white space. I'd like to suggest that, rather than focusing on perfect word choice and avoiding potentially dangerous topics, we should be interrogating the content and the way that topics are framed to understand how they affect the way people think and feel. After all, words matter but, at the end of the day, it's what we do and don't say that matters most. Consider the following exchange that occurred during the Q&A session. Q. Do you feel comfortable speaking up if you see someone doing or saying something racist? A. Yes, absolutely. My grandma is actually sick right now and she's racist as F. Asterisk. Asterisk. But I never say anything because I love her. But the fact that she's racist doesn't mean that I have to be, too. So, I would definitely say something but I just decide to smile and nod because I don't want to upset her. So, I guess I kind of tolerate racism, but I don't embrace it. Now, consider the following exchange, which happened at a different point in the show. Q. Have you ever experienced racism? A. Well, I'm Italian and, as an Italian, I've experienced a lot of racism. Like, the other day, I was wearing a hat with an Italian flag on it and this guy behind me keeps shouting F asterisk 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 in Italian at me. So, I guess he doesn't like Italians. But I try not to let it bother me because, you know, there's plenty more where that came from. Racism on the Rise Thanks in part to the tireless efforts of anti-racists and people of color, This conversation is no longer limited to the physical confines of the black box. As a result of this brave and determined activism, more and more white people are having uncomfortable discussions about race and ethnicity. In fact, a recent study conducted in the U found that 70% of white respondents said that they had discussed race relations with someone they know and 20% had participated in a class workshop or other type of educational program about race. Now, this is a positive development and an indication that white people are beginning to recognize that they must play an active role in creating a society that is free from racism. But it also indicates how much work there is still to be done. Indeed, as long as racism continues to be defined as discrimination or prejudice against people of color rather than an intrinsic characteristic of whiteness, we can be sure that these issues will continue to be ignored, denied, and slash or minimized by white people. So, while we should always celebrate any sign that racists are becoming more open-minded, we must also be wary of any approach that maintains or promotes racism as normal behavior. As Otter Lord famously stated, it's not what you say but rather what you don't say that counts. Indeed, we must be vigilant about creating an open and honest conversation about race, even when it is not convenient or safe to do so. Racism and the F-Word a related issue that is often swept under the rug is the role that the f-word plays in regards to racism. I have found that many people, particularly white people, are uncomfortable using this word or any variation thereof when talking about race relations in London or anywhere else outside of the U. First of all, let's remember that the f-word carries with it a lot of baggage. To many people, using this word, even in jest, is considered offensive and racist. Indeed, it is sometimes used as a pejorative and a dismissal of people with opposing views. So, while it may be acceptable to use the F-word when talking about, for example, soccer or fashion, using it when discussing race in any context is taboo. This is a problem because, as we have seen, there is often an element of denial when it comes to racism. The fact that so many people are repulsed by the very idea of using this word when discussing race relations indicates how deeply this denial runs. As a result, these conversations often take place in secret with the person being questioned feeling vulnerable, but also empowered, by virtue of this concealment. In other words, it is not the fact that the F word is unspoken that makes it so dangerous, but rather the opposite. Having a taboo around the topic of race creates an opening for racism to fester. Paternalism A form of racism that I have only recently begun to encounter is what I'll call paternalism. This is where a person, mostly white but also other races, perceive themselves as being on the side of the good and the just in regards to race. In other words, they believe that they know what is best for people of color and that they have the right to dictate what these people should or should not do. This is often manifested in a lack of willingness to listen to the concerns of people of color and an unwillingness to see oneself as an active participant in creating an environment that is free from racism. Some examples of this would be a white person telling a black person to watch their language or a white person stopping a conversation about racism to say that this really isn't the time or place to have such a discussion. Paternalism, when manifested in this way, can be just as devastating as overt racism. In some cases, it can even be more insidious because it involves not only denying someone's rights but also making them feel that they are not an equal part of society. Thus, while overt racism seeks to dominate and denigrate people of color, paternalism seeks to control and suppress them. It is a subtle form of racism that is all the more dangerous for being less obvious. Inequality Another taboo that frequently comes up when talking about racism is inequality. Indeed, while there is often a tendency to deny or minimize the existence of discrimination against people of color, there is an equal and opposite tendency to highlight inequalities. These range from economic inequalities, which affect people of color disproportionately nearly three-quarters of all Americans live in poverty, Compared to 16% of the global population to educational inequalities, which maintain and perpetuate the brain drain that depresses the economy. Addressing these issues is complicated because it requires an acknowledgement of the role that race, class, and institutional racism play in creating these inequalities. This has been episode number 13 of the BoardHumans.com podcast, recorded on February 22, 2023. Thank you for listening.